Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of the Madhouse Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mad Max, and today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Hawkeye series. Uh, it, you, uh, Hawkeye episode 5 and 6, this is actually the last episode of the series anyway, so basically we're going to have a rundown of the entire um, uh, series as it comes out. And... Um, we're going to go in, I'm probably going to go into, uh, into, uh, details about the last two episodes. So if you have not seen any episodes of the Hawkeye series, be sure to, um, check that out on Disney plus. But if you don't want to hear spoilers, or if you don't care about spoilers, or if you really don't mind, if I, um, spoil all this, uh, show for you, I won't do so. Uh, we're going to start at episode five, which is where I left off from the last one. Uh, if, at the end of episode four, we were given the uh, introduction of the Elena Bova character, who was played by uh, Florence Pugh in uh, the Black Widow film, which was interesting to see that. In episode five, we get more of her background, her motivation, and her understanding of why she's there. But if you did see the Black Widow film and you saw the post credit scenes, you understand why she's there to kill the man known as Hawkeye and things like that. And I got to say right off the bat... The chemistry that Florence Pugh had with um, uh, what she the the chemistry that she had with um, with Kate Bishop played by um, played by Haley Steinfeld was incredible. I don't think I've ever seen somebody just dive right in there and kind of go off there. I think that there's there's a little bit of a playfulness. There's a little bit of a of a, of a kind of like a girly girl thing there between those two characters and I think it's because of the performances of the characters that you know it, it really they really gel together you know you don't really see that from a lot of characters in the MCU but I think with these two characters you you kind of get the idea that you know they're really having fun working opposite one another and that, like I said the chemistry is there and um, uh, from what we get what we get from Yelena's point of view is that uh, she, you know, you see her side of the story as far as um, uh, her getting blipped, you know, following the events of, of Avengers Infinity War and things like that and all that other stuff. And you see that she kind of went through her own uh, issues while being away and things like that because I, they, 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 they touch a little bit on that in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier when, uh, when they, um, when they discuss, uh, when they when they talk about you know what was been going on the past five years, because in Falcon and Winter Soldier, both of those guys were blipped, you know, evaporated at the end of the um, at the end of Infinity War. But what we don't see is what happens to the rest of the world, and I think with this, from Yelena's point of view, she actually does get blipped, so. You saw somebody get blipped and then get unblipped. So when she walks into this restroom, you know, you see this origin that she has. She's, she's kind of continuing the same uh, storyline that Natasha basically started in the movie Black Widow. She's saving these Black Widows from going down this path that, you know, leads them to harm. But she walks into a restroom to kind of rinse her face or anything like that. She blips away and then she blips right back into that same spot because as they know, when they undid everything... In Endgame, you blip right back to where you were. You know, it's been five years, so when she walks out of the restroom, it's like, you know, 
and, and and things like that. So when she's, it's a heartbreaking opening, you know, seeing Yelena kind of like, I need to call my sister and make sure she tell her that I'm okay. And, and this and that, not realizing that, you know, Natasha's already dead at this point. And uh, that was kind of, you, you, you get a lot of depth from Florence Pugh's character in this one episode. And... Uh, they cut right to, I'm going to call it the macaroni episode because, you know, she makes macaroni for Kate Bishop and her and Haley Steinfeld have that amazing little uh, exchange right there in, at her apartment. I thought that was really interesting and really funny. And that kind of goes into more. And then basically what we don't understand is that why, who in the world would hire a uh, Black Widow assassin to kill Hawkeye? You know, they you know at the end of episode four, we kind of got these issues relating to uh the the uh we got kate not really trusting her mother's her mother's new uh fiance at this point because you know she has no idea she really has you know no idea or anything like that of what this guy is capable of or what his intentions are they just know that he's a black arms dealer and you know things like that you know jack duquesne's character is not I don't want to say he's not given a proper backstory. He's just not, you know, really given really anything to work with at this point. And um, uh, it really kind of goes to show you that, you know, this uncertainty that Kate has amongst the, these people is now even pushed further, having seen that, you know, her mother is not, I don't want to say not being truthful, but, you know, his, her mother just kind of playing along rather than being much more worried. Um... There really isn't a whole lot of uh, of mention of the characters, like the character of Maya and the uh, and the tracksuit and the tracksuit gang are in episode five. They're kind of taking a little bit of a backseat, and that's because they're still trying to delve into what's really going on. You know, back you know, kind of back then and everything like that. Because the character of Maya, who is essentially the Echo character from the comic book, is is starting to realize because she has this ordeal with the Ronan character and then when she realizes that the man that she's been hunting down this whole time is not only dead but is also now um you know still alive and is actually Hawkeye and she doesn't really understand that why would an Avenger go through all this trouble to kill this whole this you know murder her father and things like that and the Maya character really is kind of I don't want to say she's kind of pushed to the wayside but she really isn't given any more depth towards that. She has one episode where you get her backstory and things like that. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you, you could have done that throughout the entire episode. At the end of episode five, when we realize that Yelena has been hired by a mysterious uh, person to kill Clint Barton. And, you know, Kate Bishop is really the one who's got to try to find out who that person is. You know, come to find out in a shocking twist, it's actually her mother. Her mother uh, is working for this mysterious man, and they hint at it a lot throughout the episode that they're working for this mysterious big man, you know, the big boss, you know, who's heading up all these, you know, crimes around it. And then, of course, at the end of episode five, we are hit with an ultimate bombshell when Yelena sends a video of of Kate Bishop's mother speaking with this big ball-headed guy, and you realize that it's the man we know as uh, uh, Wilson Fisk aka the kingpin but to make matters but for to drive home the fact that um uh that we're taking place in a specific universe uh wilson fisk is portrayed by 
Vincent D'Onofrio, who played the Kingpin in the Daredevil series, which basically all that's telling me is that they are connecting the two universes. And, you know, uh, there was a little bit of those rumors coming out, you know, that, that you know, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio could be reviving his role as Kingpin in an upcoming Marvel project, but everybody thought it was going to be Spider-Man. And, you know, apparently it's right here in this... Uh, in this one episode of um, Hawkeye, now he's you, you see him on a on a on a video phone picture. You don't really see him up close and personal in the episode. However, in episode um, in episode six, the final episode of the series, we get an up close and personal uh, look at the man known as Kingpin because that mo- that that episode opens with the signature cane, the big white suit, the bald head, everything about Vincent D'Onofrio that screams, uh, you know, Kingpin in a lot of ways. And it's a, it's a great moment. And I think he was one of the best parts of, of Daredevil, uh, of the Daredevil Netflix series, which in my opinion was probably, you know, cut too soon. But I doubt um, Disney Plus would pick up that show because of the simple, not only because of the subject matter, but because of the dark and, you know, graphic content of that show. You know, that... The Punisher. I don't think any of the Netflix Marvel shows are ever going to see the light of day again uh, on Disney Plus, just by because the na- the graphic nature of the of the content. You know, I loved you know the Daredevil show. I loved the Punisher show, but you know stuff like that is is not that's not Disney's forte. They're, they're not gonna uh, they're not gonna change up their content. You know, for something much more graphic, even though. Um, even though uh, it, they are part of the Marvel, you know, fandom, they're not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, not yet anyway. Um, you know, hopefully by the time, you know, Marvel does get around to acquire all of the assets and all the publishing rights to everything that they can do, they can put it somewhere where they can show it in their full graphic content. Because, you know, as it, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to the, uh, to the headlines, but after, um, after Marvel requ- uh, bought the... After Disney took over Fox, you know, they got X-Men and Fantastic Four and all that. And we're supposed to be getting a new Fantastic Four film from uh, John Watts, who just the guy that directed the uh, the Spider-Man trilogy, the new Spider-Man trilogy anyway. And um, but anyways, like Kingpin in this in the Hawkeye series, just kind of is he's kind of pulling the strings from the shadows in the way that is much more um uh, much more devious than he is in the Daredevil show. Like in the Daredevil show, he's just straightforward and he will kick your ass no matter what. And I thought that was really interesting from uh, from that that level of uh, of of intense uh, precision because of the fact that with with everything that's going on in the Hawkeye series, you don't really you don't really see what his motivations are until uh, Kate watches the video of of, Yale- of her mother and uh, Kingpin talking. And then you realize that her mother has been doing some, you know, dastardly deeds, you know, behind the, you know, behind the wayside without her, you know, without her even knowing about it. You know, this whole issue, because of this murder that happened in episode one, it's because... you realize that the kingpin has been involved every step of the way he's been he's been the one pulling the strings he's been the one uh 
uh, manipulating everything, manipulating not only Maya and the and the and the tracksuit gang, but also the return of the Ronin, Hawkeye, and then Kate Bishop kind of getting everything everywhere. And then you realize that uh, uh, Jack Duquesne, you know, the fiance, has kind of been, you know, not left over, uh, you know was not really thrown under the bus but you realize his motivation is not what it seemed to be at first you understand why he did what he did but you know he has no idea that you know his new fiance is the one throwing him under the bus in the, in 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 a sense that she probably is doing this to not only save her own ass but to you know make sure that her and Kate are you know taken care of in a way which which really didn't seem all that bothersome until until it's also revealed that it was Kate Bishop's that it was it was uh it was Eleanor Bishop who was the one who committed the murder that started this whole chain of events and in, in the epi in episode 1 of Hawkeye not a random act of violence um so you know Kate is troubled with that idea that her own mother would be doing these things you know to uh to uh, uh, not only save her own skin, but to do anything and everything she could to make sure that her family was well taken care of. And Kate realizes that, you know, you can't do that. It doesn't, you know, she realizes, they say in the episode, it doesn't just stop with one thing because you brought all these people uh, into the fray that don't, not, don't need to be involved, but could have been avoided real easy. You know, you, she did it to save her own skin rather than doing what's right. You know, Kate realizes that, you know, she has to be the hero and things like that. She's doing every, anything and everything she can to help uh, Clint finish this mission, make sure Yelena doesn't do nothing she regrets, and making sure Maya, you know, comes out, you know, this okay as well. Because, like I said, man, I think Maya's character took a hell of a back seat in the last two episodes because she's given a little bit of motivation and things like that. But after she has that one-on-one -on -one with, um, with Clint in episode five, and he, they have the fight, and he takes off the Ronin outfit, and reveals to himself that it's been, it's been him this entire time. But your father was never, you know, the target. You know, he was killed by your 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 father's boss because he wanted out. And then you realize that this life of crime and this whole rage that's been building up inside of Maya has been has been pointed towards the wrong person. The same thing with Yelena. In episode six, there's a great moment in which Yelena and Clint have this fight. And, you know, she's trying to explain, she, he's trying to explain to her that I didn't kill Natasha Romanoff. She made the ultimate sacrifice and became a hero. Everything about, everything about that moment when Clint and Yelena have this real heart-to-heart -heart over Natasha and things like that, that it's a clear understanding that you know my sister could have been the one my sister needed my help and the fact that she came she chose you over me was different and then Clint's response is the same way it's like you know your sister thought you were dead you know I had lost my family too so we really didn't have anywhere else to go but your sister made the ultimate sacrifice when she decided to you know all, you know, kill herself to <clears throat> to get the uh, the Soul Stone from Avengers uh, Endgame, and really, it's her sacrifice that kind of cemented the the legacy of her character because she 
without her sacrifice, the Avengers don't succeed in, you know, saving the world. And, you know, there's a great moment, I think, I think it is in episode four or five, where Clint goes back to New York, and um, he sees the, the, they call it the Avengers Monument, where it's, the Avengers took a stand from invaders from another world, and they have everybody's name, Thor, Stark, Rogers, Banner, uh, Romanoff, and Barton, you know, everybody's, everybody's lives, you know, the Avengers saved lives that day, rather than, you know, became subject matters and heroes and things like that. It's like, it's like they were given the opportunity to be recognized as heroes, even though after the events of Avengers Infinity War, Clint didn't know how to handle himself. And, you know, when he discusses the whole idea with Maya about the Ronin character, that, you know, Ronin was Clint secluded into himself rather than seeking out help and seeking out, you know, the, you know, other loved ones, he turned to the only thing he knew how to do was to be a weapon. Same thing with Maya. And, you know, he sees that Maya is going down that same path and he doesn't want that for her. You know, he knows that it, it only ends one way. You know, your misery and, and grief and anger doesn't go away when you kill that person. It doesn't. It grows. And, you know, for Clint to have that moment, not only with her, but also with Yelena, that really kind of strikes on, you know, the fact that Clint has been through so much from the events of Avengers Infinity War all the way to now, at this point in time, that um, that he's willing to make sure that nobody else goes through what he goes through. He sees that in Maya. He also sees that in Yelena. You know, Yelena is trying to do the right thing by her sister, but he also knows that her sister was the only reason that the Avengers succeeded. Without her sacrifice, we wouldn't be able to save everybody. It's a real touching moment in episode five and six. Like Jeremy Renner is really underrated as an actor in these moments. But then at the end of episode six, when Vincent D'Onofrio is revealed to have all these people killed and there's a great fight scene at the end where Clint and Kate team up with their bow and arrows and they're popping guys, you know, from far away with all their trick arrows and things like that. It comes down to the final showdown in which Kate tries to save her mom from Kingpin. And there's this fight scene between Kate and the Kingpin. And my whole thing is that Kate is getting tossed around. But I was a little disappointed with it because it wasn't the drag down, you know, you know, bare knuckles brawl like we saw in, uh, in the Daredevil series when Kingpin fights Daredevil or even when he fights the Punisher. You know, it wasn't the same thing like that. He just kind of proved his strength and, you know, asserted dominance by tossing her you know, all over this, like, Christmas shop and things like that. And that was kind of disappointing. Because in the back of my mind, I'm like, don't tell me that Kate Bishop is going to be the one to bring down Kingpin. But, uh, you know, he really doesn't. You know, he uh, he gets subdued, and he falls to the ground. And right when the cops show up, he's already gone. And then he runs into Maya. And then Maya's been, who's kind of trying to get her, her shit together realizes that it was Kingpin all along and she tries to take her revenge and things like that and um uh it kind of goes off to the wayside like you don't she's pointing a gun at him the camera pans away you don't see what happens but you hear the gun go off and you hear like a slump to the ground and my first instinct is like I really hope this is not the end of the Kingpin character and I really hope he doesn't go out like that 
because that's you know the the fact that this man has been through a lot because now we're acknowledging the the Netflix Marvel universe that they created and in in this timeline it's just like that that that's a poor excuse for that character to go away and things like that and then it has an, it, has, it has somewhat of a happy ending you know Kate's mom is then arrested because you know uh Kate does the right thing and send her, sends her mom to jail for all the things that she had done and the cooperation that she had with the kingpin and the murders and the the tracksuit gang and all that stuff like that and then of course on Christmas day Clint brings Kate to his home and and everything like that and there's been a little bit of suspicion that you know maybe Tony Stark was right the fact that maybe his wife Laura is actually a, a, a an agent of shield because when Clint gives her back her watch it has the 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 shield logo on the back with the number 19 and the whole agent 19 thing is you know kind of clear to the fact that maybe Laura is was an agent of some kind and things like that maybe Stark was right you know it kind of goes back to Age of Ultron uh, series when they first meet Clint's family and things like that but um, the episode had a post credit scene and and like Marvel tried to try to boast about that this was going to be it's basically like a happy holidays from Marvel to the fans of the of the of the series and you're thinking it's going to be like an introduction of a new character or it's going to be a post credit scene where they set up another TV show or it's going to tie into another movie or it's going to do something like that but no it's the musical number that they performed in episode 1 in episode 1 I think it's episode one or two. Clint is at uh, is at a, um, a some type of Broadway musical in New York, and they're talking about the what happened, you know, the events of the first Avengers movie. And Clint actually walks out before the show is even over, right? And then the the post credit scene in in Hawkeye, like at the end of the series, the end of episode six, it's the entire number that they showed, and I was like, what kind of ending is that? Like, I was like, we just went on this, like, hell of a roller coaster ride of, uh, like, the last two episodes were were really good. You know, the introduction of Yelena, the depth that we got for Maya, and then the introduction of the Kingpin character, and then for it to end on a, uh, on a musical number? Like, are you kidding me? Like, how's that, how's that even fucking, uh, a, a good thing? You know, how's that even, you know, a proper way to send off you know, all of the stuff that's going on, you know, like in, at the end of, 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 um, I think it was, yeah, it's WandaVision, you know, we get this somewhat of a happy ending, and then we see Wanda is learning the dark arts, the dark arts, and things like that, and we know at that point when that, when they showed that, that Wanda was going to be in, uh, Doctor Strange, you know, the Multiverse of Madness, so there's a little bit of Italian there, so, we're like, okay, cool, that's a cool way to end it, and then in Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, there was, the Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't really have, an, uh, uh, it ended with Sam Wilson becoming the new Captain America, and things like that, and it said they will, re they're probably going to return for a season two, because Loki did the same thing, Loki ended on a, a uh, Loki ended on a, on a, on a, on a very, strange note you know saying that you know this is how it was going to end and you know loki's going to return for season two and uh things like that so you know that's all there what if i don't know 
I, st- I don't know what if kind of ended it ended kind of blandly because they they all it all kind of ties together at the end you know the whole series but I didn't really care too much for that show anyway but Hawkeye was probably consistent it started off pretty good you know episodes one and two I thought were really good you know the introduction of Kate Bishop and then the fallout of Clint returning trying to return back to a normal life episode three and four was a little bit more mysterious because you realize that um, some some bad things are going on under the table and even though Kate is is not at fault but the fact that she is kind of of not the one to blame but she is the one in at the middle of all this and you know she becomes more of a target than an ally so whereas five and six is just you know the fallout you know we're going to solve this together and her and Hawkeye got to team up and things like that so it, it, it goes to show you that you know things can happen and do happen and it, it's basically just an inner like like you can totally tell that they're setting up for something big as far as maybe like a young Avengers might be coming out. They've already confirmed that Secret Invasion is coming out. So, you know, who knows what will happen, you know, with Kate Bishop's character and things like that. So, I mean, they they, they don't leave us hanging for something to look forward to because, like I said, that fucking post credit scene was, was worthless and a huge waste of time and a major letdown. But, you know, as far as what we've gotten out of this, you know, whole new... Uh, stuff you know with the introduction of Yelena and the introduction of uh, of Kate and all them you you could possibly see like a young Avengers you know come rise to the occasion and you know do something that we had never seen before and the same thing with like you know they've confirmed secret invasion so maybe that's something to look forward to too and you know the future looks bright as far as um as far as uh as far as these Marvel shows are confirmed, you know, what what where we go from here is really going to stem on where we go as far as the Marvel Cinematic Universe because um, there really isn't a whole lot more with the Hawkeye character that you can do other than, you know, maybe give, uh, like I said, the Young Avengers is probably the only thing I see going forward with Kate Bishop's character unless, you know, they do decide to bring back, you know, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye, which I, I, I don't mind that really at all, and things like that. But the after see with what is going on with what went on in this Hawkeye series, I'm definitely looking forward to what what they do next as far as um, Yelena and Kate Bishop and things like that. The Echo character or the Maya character, because they don't ever really call her Echo, to see her come back maybe for another episode or for another series would be kind of cool to see that. I'm hoping that this is not the end of Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin character because I would love to see him return uh, because I think he did a fantastic job as that character, more so in Daredevil than just in, just in the one episode he was here in Hawkeye. I'm looking forward to seeing Haley Steinfeld on the big screen, you know, maybe somewhere down the line, maybe in the next Avengers movie she might make her debut, her and Yelena, because we've, Yelena was in Black Widow, so, you know, she's already kind of made her, you know, presence known, but really... These net these Disney Plus series are really kind of hyping us up. They're really the only two things that you have to look forward to post these shows. Like with with um, with WandaVision, you you you're looking forward to Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange movie, which comes out in May. I don't know what you're looking forward to as far as you know 
Winter Soldier and 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 Falcon because I don't know where that was going to go. Um, Loki, you definitely because they introduced the Crane character and in the last episode or in the last two episodes, um, you definitely got to look forward to um, uh, Ant Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantum Mania, and then and then with this episode, you're you know with Hawkeye, I'm not sure where to look forward to. I'm not sure if they're going to do if you're going to see these characters in another movie or if you're going to see these characters in another show. And to be honest, I really have no idea what other show. Uh, from a Marvel standpoint, is coming out. Like, I know Secret Invasion is a thing. I know Moon Knight is a thing. And I know She-Hulk is a thing. And I know those shows have been announced and they've dropped footage for those, but there's really been no word on where we go from here as far as the Hawkeye series. Um, but overall, this was a good show. This was a really good show. I was entertained all the way through. I think the ending of... With WandaVision, they didn't really stick the landing. With Falcon and Winter Soldier, it, it was discombobulated throughout, and we really didn't get a full understanding of where we were going to be able to go from there. Uh, Loki was fantastic all the way through. It really gets me it gets me excited for uh, Quantumania to see more of Krang the Conqueror. Uh, wasn't really a big fan of What If, didn't really care for that show. It had a couple of cool episodes, but other than that, wasn't all that great. Um... Uh, Hawkeye was, I thought, but, and then at, with Hawkeye, I was, I was really impressed that, you know, the introduction, the, basically, Jeremy Renner's a badass as Hawkeye, and the introduction of Kate Bishop played amazingly by Haley Steinfeld, really goes to show you that, you know, they have big plans for the Marvel Cinematic Universe with this series, and, um, for them to kind of go off and, you know, have their own adventure really kind of goes to show you that they put a lot of put a lot of uh, thought into this and um, I think um, it, it's pretty good it's really good like overall this is probably I don't want to say it's the best one because I think Loki was probably the best one but it, it's up there with Loki like I think it's better than WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier and What If um, so I'd probably like make like if I had to rank the Disney Plus series from best to worst the best one would be Loki, and then Hawkeye, and then WandaVision, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then um, What If, in that order. So that, that really kind of goes to show you that where we stand as far as the Disney Plus shows and things like that. But, you know, they still got more coming out. Like I, like I said, Secret Invasion is coming out. She-Hulk is coming out. Moon Knight is coming out. So 2022 has a lot to look forward to as far as these Disney Plus shows. Not to mention the movies that are coming out with... Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Um, I want to say Quantum Mania comes out this year too, uh, but I'm not sure what else comes out this year as far as MCU movies. Uh, but we're just gonna have to wait and see where we go from here. Um, but anyways, guys, that's gonna go ahead and do it for today's episodes. You know, how did you guys like uh, you know the Hawkeye as an entire series? What did you guys think of the Hawkeye series uh, episodes five and six? Um, uh, as always, guys, be sure to follow the Madhouse podcast on all podcast outlets, whether it's Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Odyssey, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Be sure to follow the Madhouse 21 on all social media outlets, Instagram and Twitter, the Madhouse 21. Be on the lookout for more episodes as they drop. I'm probably going to cover the Matrix trilogy um, as a whole for one episode. I'm still going to be doing my Spider-Man series. 
I'm still going to do, I'm probably going to do another, um, another ranking of, uh, <clears throat> of the Spider-Man, uh, of the Spider-Man episodes. I probably might not, but like, I will be covering the Matrix because I know that movie came out today, but I'm also going to cover the first three Matrix in, in their own separate episodes. Kingsman is also coming out, so be on the lookout for that episode. And there's still quite a few movies that are coming out in the year 2021 before I wrap it up and tie it up with a bow with my last two episodes being the uh, the uh, uh, ending of uh, 2021. The top 10 best movies of 2021 as well as the top 10 worst movies of 2021. And uh, we're going to go from there. But as always, guys, embrace your inner madness. <laughs>